0: Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging markets' business strategies. My name is Mark McNamee, and I'm the senior Europe analyst here at our London office, and I'll be moderating today's podcast. Today, we will discuss Western Europe's outlook for H2 with our analyst covering Western Europe, Athanasia Kukina Yeni, who has recently published the Western Europe Quarterly Market Review for the third quarter of this year which of course presents our view for the market for Q3 with a little bit of uh, an outlook beyond into uh, 2018 as well. And this particular quarterly market review focuses on South Europe. As a reminder, this report and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. So with that and the intro behind us, uh, let's begin the podcast here. Hello, Athanasia.
1: Hello, Mark.
0: Uh, so nice to speak with you today. So, uh, we will be delving into the Western Europe uh, quarterly market review as we've just uh, mentioned. So, um, we did have a discussion a few months ago back uh, about Western European markets. Um, so, our discussion back then evolved around sort of the improved expectation for Western European markets. Uh, do you still feel this holds true?
1: Definitely, Mark. Improvements lead a fast recovery, actually, across uh, the whole Western Europe region. And uh, it's positive that actually these improvements are driven by improvements in fundamentals. So, in other words, unemployment declines fast, bank lending improves, and overall Western Europe uh, is a positive surprise this year.
0: Okay. So that's Western Europe as a whole. What about more specifically, as this report focuses on the markets of the south, obviously these markets, uh, you know, Portugal and Greece, these had been sort of trailing the rest of Western European growth really for about the last decade, you know, since the global financial crisis. Um, are we also seeing improvements coming from there or is it still sort of mostly that same old story of Germany and France and the UK leading sort of the, uh, you know, development out of the, the, slow, the earlier slowdown and, and future growth?
1: Yeah, so as a matter of fact, South Europe is the one which is leading the outlook for the region, surprisingly, and not Germany and France. Particularly, we see market conditions in Spain and Portugal to improve much faster than in traditional markets, and that's partly why we see the faster growth rates in South Europe. Uh, For instance, Spain will grow by around 3% on -on year-on-year Terms this year, that's actually the strongest growth for a developed market currently. And Portugal uh, follows this growth by 2.2% year on year. Of course, we have to keep in mind that this faster growth comes from a lower base, too, compared to France and Germany, let's say the traditional markets. The South European markets had suffered the most uh, from the financial debt crisis and uh, actually continued to recover since then. If we aggregate the numbers for South Europe, and we include also apart from Spain and Portugal, Greece and Italy, we will get more than 1.8% growth this year, and this is pretty good. Uh, both uh, consumer and business demand uh, show improvements. Actually, uh, government demand is still, however, subdued in this region. So, our uh, business-to-government clients will benefit the least, uh, unfortunately, from this growth.
0: Okay, I see. So, um, but aren't these markets still somewhat more or less compared to the traditional growth engines in Western Europe, like we mentioned? So. I I suppose, why would our clients prioritize these markets then compared to those traditional markets of Germany and France, right? South Europe was always considered, you know, sort of weaker and more unstable uh, within Western Europe.
1: Yeah, so actually the population of South Europe is nearly half of Eurozone population. Uh, So South Europe is... Larger than we think, and is definitely a subregion our clients should keep a close eye on. The largest markets in this cluster, of course, are Italy and Spain, and the smaller ones are Portugal and Greece. And to come to your point, South Europe isn't uh, weak and unstable as it was thought before. Political uncertainty uh, has been subdued subdued uh, across these markets. And uh, we've seen that these markets have followed harsh reforms, which have been actually fruitful. And this is after 2015. And uh, this results uh, in a change in the economic panorama of these countries. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so can we say then with South Europe, I mean, if you consider where they had been in 2007, 2008, 2009, and the Greek debt crisis and and the austerity, as you mentioned, all these harsh reforms... So now it's been a decade since then. As we're looking, you know, it's 2017, looking into 2018. Can we say sort of in a word South Europe is a success story then? Should we be telling our clients that?
1: So I would say that South Europe for sure represents opportunities for our clients. But I wouldn't say yet, as a region, that it represents a success story overall. However, Spain is a success story in this market. And uh, we hear from our clients that uh, they are increasing, actually, capacity in Spain to capture uh, this demand momentum there. So let's have a deeper overview in Spain. Uh, So we see there... That both consumer and business demand is accelerating. This is mainly because of an improvement in the banking sector. We saw banking sector reforms uh, improving the bank lending outlook that actually turned positive after eight years in contraction this year. And companies and individuals have deleveraged significantly in Spain. And uh, we saw that Spain cleared out its problematic banking sector compared to before. How did Spain do this? So Spain followed a wide consolidation plan um, we saw continuous mergers and acquisitions of banks since uh, 2011 and 12. We saw loan restructurings and also we saw Spain developing um, markets to sell distressed assets, as they call them. And that's exactly how Spain managed to bring down the very high non-performing loan numbers after the debt crisis. Moreover, we saw in Spain the implementation of liberal labor reforms that helped. But also, on top of this, we saw cyclical improvements uh, coming from a stronger manufacturing, exports, and especially tourism that resulted in a fast decline in unemployment. And, of course, it supports wage growth in these markets.
0: Okay, that's pretty impressive, considering where Spain had been, of course. Um so Spain is clearly the leader uh, from this region. Uh, after Spain, then within South Europe, which countries, I suppose, you know, sort of follow in maybe an order uh, after Spain in terms of opportunities and, and appeal.
1: Yeah, so our clients should also keep an eye on Portugal, uh, and then uh, we would prioritize Italy and Greece. We see also in Portugal improvements related to tourism and improved investment that contribute actually to better market conditions. But there we see uh, still room for improvement in the banking sector. Um, In terms of improvements in Italy and Greece, we do expect that this will take longer than um, the markets of Spain and Portugal.
0: Okay, right. So, in Italy, when you bring that up, of course, the the first thing our clients think of and I think of is the banking sector and and all the risks that have been there. Uh, We seem to have heard a little bit less about that in the last couple of months. That was such a huge risk in the second half of last year going into the beginning of this year. Um, I, I guess, where are we with that? Has Italy addressed these banking sector issues to a significant degree?
1: Yeah, so overall in Italy, we see improvements, but these improvements are, m- are minimal. And overall, Italy remains a risk for our clients. Uh, however, less than in the first half of this year. Um, so overall, we saw uh, recapitalizations of Italian banks that were successful and actually strengthened the sector. And also we saw a decline in non-performing loans be- because of that. And uh, we saw that overall, uh, consumer and business demand seems to pick up slowly. However, we see reforms there being slow. And actually, that is why we don't see a major pick up in growth. We, we do expect that there will be political risk, especially next year, as we do have the populist uh, five-star movement, um, Eurosceptic Party there, which is actually strengthening compared to the ruling party. And we do expect that it's very likely that this populist party will win most of the votes in the next general elections. And uh, this could create some market panic, and it could weigh on the weak banking sector. However, we expect that any crisis would be contained.
0: Okay, so so that paints a little bit of a confusing picture then. So, so in the end, what is our final assessment, I suppose, for a banking crisis now? It seems like there's some improvements, but then you also mentioned the political risk issues.
1: Yeah, so overall, we don't expect a full-blown banking crisis in Italy or Western Europe. The likelihood we give to this event is below 10%. However, this doesn't mean that we won't see sensationalist headlines all over before the Italian elections in Q1 next year.
0: Okay, so that's Italy. So now moving into Greece. Obviously, you know, Greece has been sort of the classic whipping boy for about the last over a decade now. Um, What about Greece? I guess, should we expect... I mean, maybe an acceleration in growth when you consider how deep the recession has been uh, over all these years. Um, What's your your unbiased opinion on this, which is, of course, difficult for you being a Greek yourself naturally? Uh,
1: Yes, I'll try. So we do believe that demand will improve uh, in Greece this year. And also our clients should expect a stabilization in terms of doing business in Greece. Our projection for growth is at around 1% for this year, and the economy still remains fragile. And we do have to keep in mind that growth comes from a low base, actually very low base uh, when it's about Greece. Um, The positive improvements now. We don't believe that there will be a downside coming from Greece next year. First of all, Greece got the loan um, payments in July from creditors, And this is a positive improvement. Uh, We saw some optimism created in the market overall. Of course, it doesn't mean that um, there will be huge improvements in the market because of this. The next steps for Greece in order for us to see an even greater improvement in the market is for Greece to successfully finance its debt through foreign markets next year and uh, also to successfully assess the sustainability of the debt. What does this mean for our clients? This means that our clients should look for a signpost, any kind of debt relief for Greece, and that's uh, when our clients would expect a rapid improvement in market conditions. Also, a further step after that would be Greece to enter the quantitative easing program of the European Central Bank. Uh, And this would reduce substantially credit costs in the country and also credit costs of their partners. However, austerity remains uh, the main problem in the market. And that's why we will still see our B2G clients uh, suffer from this. And also because of the high taxation this year and next year, we expect that this would hurt demand also for B2C clients.
0: Okay. So this is all quite interesting. Thanks for giving the run through on, on all the countries there. Um, clearly, the clients should feel much more confident about South Europe compared to you know, the last several years. Last year, we started to see a bit of an uptick, perhaps, uh, but that's clearly quite uh, sort of encouraging going into next year, and particularly for Spain, uh, especially, clearly. Um I guess the last question then for today, um, you know, at the national level, this, this is quite phenomenal to see such weak markets now leading the outlook, right, but digging a little bit deeper sort of subnationally. so looking more, you know, in terms, you know, segmenting opportunities and looking more uh, sector-specific, uh, which sectors should our clients then keep an eye out on within South Europe in particular?
1: Yes. So overall, our B2C clients will see strengthened um, consumer demand. Um, But we, uh, we, we will suggest that our clients should primarily focus on investing on their channel as it will be important for capturing this increased demand in South Europe. The channel with the most potential in South Europe will be e-commerce for this and next year. And we see uh, that in e-commerce, South Europe growth rates exceed those in traditional markets, even those in the UK or Germany, for instance. However, we do say to our clients that consumers in this region in South Europe remain overall price sensitive. And this is, of course, because after the crisis, the consumers in these markets still remain very hesitant to spend much more. And of course, they are hesitant to to accept, let's say, any aggressive price increases because of that. So our clients could instead uh, focus on resegmenting this customer base in order actually to reassess and redefine the willingness to spend of South Europeans. Uh, Also, uh, they could invest, as we said, in in a multi-channel approach. This, of course, includes in e-commerce to, cu- to capture this rise in demand. And that's not only for our B2C clients, but also for our B2B clients. Additionally, for this region, we do see clients preferring innovative products and also high-quality products and solutions. So we do expect that this trend will go on next year. In terms of our B2B clients' In particular, they will also capitalize on the improvements in the region, of course, particularly in Spain and Portugal, where we see a stronger improvement in manufacturing and, of course, stronger exports. And uh, these clients should continue to invest in uh, their supply chain management in order to capture this increase in business demand.
0: Okay, great. Great. Thanks for answering all those questions. Very interesting information, uh, very insightful. I, again, encourage uh, our clients to uh, check out re- uh quarterly monthly report on Western Europe uh, to get a better outlook for the second half of this year. Um, as a reminder to our clients, you can speak with Athanasia, myself, or any of the FSG analysts by simply reaching out to your client relationship manager directly. You can also access FSG's reports on Western Europe and our monthly market monitor reports on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging and developed markets.